Hey, welcome to the More Life, Less Drama podcast. I'm your host, Prue Sulisic, and I'm here to lead you to a more fulfilling and peaceful life. Each week I will share stories, have great conversations with women just like you, and explore different topics on personal growth. This is not some fancy podcast bringing you extraordinary stories. I'm just here keeping it real, raw, and honest, so you know it's possible for you too. I want you to know yourself so well, nothing stands in your way. So let's get to it. Life is waiting. Hey, hello, Katie. How are you? Hi, I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, good. Besides the nerves that we're just talking about, (laughs) it's so funny because like you said, I've spoken at so many things (laughs) and I still get the nerves and that's great. We're all human. That's right. Yeah, the human experience. I still, you don't know this about me, but in the past, I was a nervous wreck, absolute nervous wreck, could not speak to save my life, even to like one-on-one. And so, yeah, doing all this work that we both do, we do similar work, it's in, it's encouraging for women that possibly are sitting on the other end of this audio going, oh, my God, I could never do that. It's like, look, we're still here. We're doing it. We're learning. We're fumbling our way through <laughs> somehow. And, yeah, that's what we're all about, being here guiding others to do something similar so welcome welcome thank you thank you so much and I love that key point that you made which is really about finding our voice and empowering ourselves as women in the world and it took a really long time for me to be able to speak up and I still get jitters especially with things like social media and I find I have to really lean into having a presence there you know, those those fears that all us women have is what will people think or will they embrace me or will they reject me or will they criticize me? And then, you know, you have to make a bold choice at some stage to be brave and just go, I'm just going to show up unapologetically as myself and I've got to do this for myself and I'm going to find my voice in the world. And I'm super yeah. passionate about empowering women to do that. I love that. Thank you. This is why we're connected because we are both on this same mission to empower women to find their voice, to have choice. But I'm going to just pause there and actually going to introduce you properly because you're across the other side of the country. You're in WA. Yes, I (laughs) am. We're connected via a mutual friend. And so we don't actually know each other except for a couple of brief conversations. And I just feel, like you said, I felt made you feel comfortable. You made me feel comfortable. It seemed seemed like a perfect match for us to have a conversation for everybody to listen in on because we have such a similar mission. So mm. here's a little bit about Katie. So it's Katie O'Malley. Katie is an international holistic life coach. She's also a mother of four beautiful daughters. So yeah, lots of lots of daughters in your life mm-hmm. and founder of your business, Igniting Hearts. Katie shares over 20 years experience in the healing industry of embodiment, psychology, semantic therapy, psychology and healing physiology, shamanism, and mindfulness and breath work. So you've got a whole realm of experience, which goes beyond even what I've got, which I love. I'm really curious about about all those. Um, Mm. Katie, with her unique feminine energy, and as you can already tell, that's exactly what she like exudes from her, this real feminine energy. And with her knowledge and passion, she inspires you to change the way you live and embrace your own power and life force energy. Her programs are designed to deliver a powerful combination of clinical, therapeutic, and energetic practices. So, yeah, we'll get to the end. If you want to work with Katie, we'll tell you more about her at the end and what she offers. 
Um, but now we're just going to get into the conversation. And the first thing I would love to know, like, you know, we've we've heard the bio, you know, the professional yeah. thing that we put together. We'll just let that go. Yeah. Tell me in your own words, who's Katie O'Malley? Katie O'Malley is a very passionate woman. Um, she's very driven. Purpose is like so, so important to me. You know, it was something that I really struggled with for a long time. Um, I always knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a mother and I knew from a very young age that there was a light inside of me, like something that was, you know, wanting to come out of me that loved people and life. And so my whole life has been about how do these two things dance together, you know, beautifully and the gracious juggle that often doesn't feel so gracious to us women. <laughs> of all things to everyone and be able to really, you know, do what I I love, which is helping people and also be a beautiful mama. And so I feel like Katie is a very graceful, giving, loving person. Mm -hmm. And in saying that, she's also very imperfectly (laughs) perfect, just Mm -hmm. showing up and making a commitment every day to be brave and courageous and that's so that I can help empower not just my beautiful daughters and myself, but other women in the world also. So yeah. just a little bit. I'm curious mm. to know, and yeah, it's and it's because I have a story about being a mother myself. Mm. So I always also wanted to be a mother. Like I knew that from a very young age, I was very maternal. and But then I stepped into motherhood and I had my first child out of three. And I was like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I was actually surprised at how different it was and how different I felt. So I'm curious to know, how was your experience when you first started into motherhood? Oh, it's like terrifying. I remember the day, you know, I had this beautiful baby and I was a young mama. So I had my first daughter when I was 20. Mm-hmm. And the nurse at the hospital said, oh, you can go home today. I was terrified. I was like thinking, you're going to let me take this baby home with me? Like you trust me that much. <laughs> Like yep. I just take her home now with me and mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be an amazing mom. And I think I, I love that concept to borrow other people's confidence in you and to yes. find it in yourself. Mm-hmm. As us, all of us moms there, you know, we fumble and we find our way and we like fall into who is the mother inside of us. Like she shows us who she is mm-hmm. and, you know, and then we learn about these children, our babies and how different they all are being a mother of four, you know, so that journey has definitely told, taught me a lot and it is being the hardest thing I've ever done. Yes. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> and also the most rewarding thing I've ever done. I'm very passionate about my family and my daughters, as you can see, and I have grandchildren now as well. And I just, you know, my heart song is with them. And uh, it's not easy juggling all those things and uh, wanting to serve at the level like someone like you and I do, Um, but you can do it. And all us women, I want those women out there listening today to really hear this message. Like if you're out there and you're like, you know, how does motherhood or like I've got something inside of me that I want to be doing, you know, it's not like either or, it's like these two things can really dance together and you can be really passionate about doing something in the world that sets your heart on fire and you can also be a really amazing mom. Yeah. And 
sometimes the balance gets a bit skewy. <laughs> It gets yeah. a bit of a crazy ride, but then, you know, I really believe that by staying connected to intuition and intuitive mothering, that that will guide us every step of the way. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about that yeah, today. Exactly. And that's, that's beautiful because it is that, that real intuition, like tapping into that, yeah, figuring out who you are as a mother, like if that's what you mm. want to be and how to have, have that dance of what's going to light your your soul on fire as well as being a mother. And I think that's why I got a shock because I was like expected that that was going to be it. It's like, oh, I'm going to be a mother. I can't wait to be a mother. And I was a mother and I'm like, oh, wait, there, there's still a little bit missing. There's still something, you know, like this, hmm, what is that? And it's just so different. And it was so different to what I thought. I still remember Stella, my eldest, was born 10 days before Christmas. And my mum, yeah, she came up and <laughs> no still, she, yeah, she came uh-huh. up out with this. She's still got the same personality. She's very knows what she wants and goes and gets it, and is not afraid to use her voice. Christmas Day, she obviously could feel all the stress and the pressure of me being stressed and you know trying to get stuff ready, and mm. she was just crying. She wasn't particularly a cry, but this day she was just crying and crying and crying. And my mum was there and I remember looking at my mum thinking, well, she'll have the answers. She's had three children. And I said to mum, what's wrong with her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so naive. And mum goes, I don't know. <laughs> I had, it was just like this light bulb moment of like, well, if you don't know, how the hell am I supposed to know? <laughs> yeah, and my mum was so beautiful though. She's like, you just go with it. Like just don't don't let her stress you out. She's just crying. It's fine. Crying is fine. And yes. Ah, oh, it is fine. It doesn't mean anything about me, really, because I was making it all about me. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She's allowed to cry. She's allowed to feel the the stress or whatever's going on, not knowing the answers. Totally okay. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's that learning, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. and like I guess I've got a reference point of having four daughters now. Mm-hmm. You know, God bless her soul. My eldest daughter is just such a beautiful girl, such an amazing light. Like she was my guinea pig, as so to speak. Yes. You know, I was yeah. learning how to be a mother as much mm-hmm. as she was teaching me. Mm-hmm. And so as I went along, I learned more about intuitive mothering and learned more about leaning into that and learned more about meeting their needs and, you know, like all of us and mm-hmm. um, having more confidence in what that actually looks like. You in a tangible concept because it's not easy giving endlessly, right, as mothers. And then if you want to do a purpose piece, and even if you're not a mother, the gracious juggle is is so real. And the thing I know you really wanted to talk about today, I think which is a great segue to just lead into yes. it, is, you know, like where did we come from in our life to set ourselves up to, you know, have a model of like what does motherhood look like or what is like, motherhood and purpose in a marriage look like perhaps yes and you know I know for myself like I grew up in a very patriarchal system as a child um we all did right and it's not right or wrong we just come from that era where authoritarian parenting was the style of parenting what I found as a child that that developed in me and I see this with a lot of my clients is you know this hypervigilance and so it was always you know I you know feeling that sensitivity of okay how do I keep myself safe when my caregivers around me are very active and operating from a sense of 
um, control, that as a young child puts your system on guard, right? Our nervous systems are constantly going. And I see this with a lot of clients that from that style of parenting, you know, my parents, they're really great people. You know, they did their best. They really did. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that, you know, we're not always easy when we're children as no. <laughs> yeah. as you and I know, but, you know, they're very loving people and they're great people. But in that era of all the things that I think humanity is starting to evolve in consciousness, mm-hmm. yeah, and we see that shift in parenting from our grandparents to our parents to us. And so growing up as a child, I grew up in this fight and flight response and created this sensitivity in me where I always felt like I had to adapt and be able to read the situation around me so that I could be safe and I wasn't going to upset anybody and that everything would be okay. And also so that the parenting consequential behaviors, which was like high levels of discipline, right, Mm -hmm. weren't going to happen to me. And yeah, (laughs) you, you and I are the same. Yeah. You know, and what I found is that causes children to, and it found caused me to abandon myself as a child yeah. for, you know, the happiness or to keep the peace of other people around me. Mm-hmm. And then this left me in a state of confusion about how do I really like be connected to who I actually am? Who am I when I'm not in this model of having, being hypervigilant all the time? And this oversense of sensitivity to keep myself safe. And that has been a pattern, you know, from that era that has gone on and on and on. And although it creates like resilience in children, it also causes us to like shut down. Yeah. You know, you either get out of the body to adapt because you don't want these consequential punishments to happen or to, you know, like internalize that. And that's what happened to myself as a young child. I internalized a lot of things. I shut down a lot. And one of the good things about that is I learned to really tap into something greater in myself because I had to. Yes. And so later on in life, you know, you asked me the question, which I really loved was what happened to you as a child that made you want to be a different mother today? I feel that not being understood where my emotional needs could be met drove me to be like a different kind of mother in my mothering, but it also drove me to want to help women and help people in the world who do not know how to navigate their own senses. They don't know how to handle their emotions. They're stuck in these patterns like myself. I've been working on them for like 20 years to stop being a control freak. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not trying to micromanage the universe in order to feel safe and to let go to something greater. And this is where developing my intuition really helped me be able to find secure love in myself and feel safe. Wow, beautiful. I know. And isn't that just such a it's such a gift that we get to give others? And the only way we get to give it is going through it ourselves, you know, and understanding it, being in the awareness that we've actually experienced that and can put words to it, which is massive, you know. Like I've just realized very recently about my childhood and again my parents are great like love them to love them to yeah. 
but yeah. it was just the system that they were brought up in. And yeah, I was taught very well and I and I followed the rule to a T to be quiet, to yeah. be small. Don't don't rock the boat. Right. I had a sister that rocked the boat and she was painted as a certain character, which has been a struggle for her. And I look back now with my new eyes that I'm looking on this going, ah, yeah. oh, she was actually speaking up, yet she because it wasn't what they wanted and it was it was like disrupting their model of the world. That's why she was painted in that way. And now I've got so much compassion for her going, ah, I actually see it now. I see it. Like I can't fully articulate it yet, but there's plenty of people out there like that who are using their voice, be looked at as the black sheep of the family or that was troublesome or whatever, causing grief for their parents. Mm -hmm. Yet all they were doing is just speaking up and like figuring out who they were and in, in their own way yet it wasn't aligned with their parents' way. And so it was just, it caused a lot of trouble, I suppose, and suffering. And yeah, so I'm I'm now unlearning how to be quiet. And this is all of us, isn't it? I loved yeah. it how, how you, you know, sharing that and bringing that also, you know, this is a great conversation for our audience today because this is all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said to you, I've spent 20 years undoing the patterns of control and trying to micromanage myself and those around me and life to feel safe. Um, And so I wanted to make a different choice for my daughters in terms of mothering and that I wanted to meet their emotional needs. Mm, And I loved it how you asked me that question because I sat at the table this morning, the dining table, having a cup of coffee with my partner and I was like, oh, I've got the podcast today. And he's like, what are you going to talk about? And I was like, well, she asked me some very specific questions. And so <laughs> it was so good because it opened up this conversation to to reflect on this. And I love the question about how did this, you know, define my mothering and shape the mother that I wanted to be for my own children because of my experience you know, and what I wanted for my own girls is to be able to love them so that they could feel supported enough that I was in tune with what was going on with them emotionally. And that that was something that I feel like my parents did a lot of right things, but as a sensitive child who was very intuitive, very alive and receptive, and then that created a hypervigilance experience. I wanted my children to know that emotionally I'm with them, that they're big feelings, they're, you know, and our parents didn't get all that fancy, you know, parenting no. courses, it, right? They didn't have all the language back then. No. They didn't, you know, that I can hold space for that and that they can access like something inside of them, which is there's a wisdom in our feelings. There's a wisdom in the expression of that in the world and being able to give them as young women, having all girls, giving them permission that moving forward as they become women out there in the world, I want them to be able to stay connected to their emotional self and not feel that they have to shut that down. Yes. yeah, That's the piece because even with my three children, I've got a girl, boy, girl, they're all so totally different. And I have yes. to parent them differently, depending. You know, for, for example, I was only talking about this with Joel, my husband, the other day about how different we've had to parent the kids because Stella, she was very strong-willed and had lots mm-hmm. of 
lots of energy and lots of opinion. She was happy to use her voice. But if you discipline her, like my parent was, was disciplined like me back in when I was a child, child, which I tried to do, she would push harder. Like she would push yeah. back, which is what my sister was doing. I've realized it's like, ah, oh, she was actually, they're very similar. My daughter and my sister, you push, push her or tell her off. She will tell you off back in the same tone as you would tell her off. So she needed a lot more nurturing and loving support to yes. just hold that space for her. And so I figured that out while Oscar, very similar to me, and it's like so gentle and soft and very quietly spoken. And all you have to do is look at Oscar the wrong way and he will never do whatever he was doing again. <laughs> so, so, so but very, very sensitive that if, you know, say Joel was using the authoritarian, that would just put Oscar in a hole. Like he was, it really freaked him out. So it's like, ah, oh, it's like this real, it is a dance, the parenthood dance, like trying to figure out. And then my youngest child is sort of in between those two. Yeah. And so it's just interesting that you, you have to look at the child as an individual. It's not like yeah. a one size fits all parenting style. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, like you and I have been women on a journey who've had a lot of experiences, mm-hmm. you know, and for myself, like, I've been that woman who's had to shut down, you know, like when I, and this is another great question you asked me, like share about the adversity out there and really be real and show up for these beautiful women who are going to hear your podcast. And I'm so inspired and grateful that you're getting this message of like, we are real women just like you on a journey. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage to keep leaning in and keep showing up for all of us, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And try and do some kind of really great job at the gracious juggle. And sometimes it's not great at all. But I found myself like in my early 30s as this masked woman. I became so shut down. I became so micromanaging with myself and so trapped inside of that behavior of those patterns that we just are given as a child and we start walking that path and they're given to our parents and they're given to their parents. And, you know, this is the evolution of consciousness, you know, to stand there one day looking in the mirror at this woman and I did not recognize myself. I had a huge like life-changing moment and it was like a freight train coming down a train track and it was boring at me this feeling that just came over me one day and Mm -hmm. I think to be honest it had been coming for a while Mm -hmm. like I knew that I was unhappy I knew that I was meant to be doing something else in the world as well as being a mother I was to be honest in the responsibility of owning it I was hiding behind my husband Um, because I was afraid to put myself out there and do my own thing. And I was telling myself all these things like, well, I couldn't do it like him and how am I going to make the money like him? Or, you know, what have I really got to offer? And I was really doubting like myself. And I remember in that moment as this train track was like boring down a train at me and I had this like self-realization and it was like it just collided with me in that moment. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I realized like I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm. I just 
felt this shell around me. I felt I was this unhappy person. I had everything. I really did. We had the assets and the houses and the cars. We'd worked really hard to build the businesses. We had a company with four beautiful daughters. And so really like, you know, I should just be so grateful that for everything that I had, but deep down inside of me, even there were things that I was really grateful about, but I was really, really friggin' unhappy. Mm -hmm. And I felt trapped inside of myself. And then that day I made a decision and it was a really brave decision. And maybe some of the women out there can really relate to this, or maybe this is the next step for them. And I know in the trainings, this is a lot of the step and we call this the masked woman. And I had to make a decision to take that mask off. Mm. And it was the hardest thing that I made a decision to do because I knew that in doing that, that life was going to change and I was going to make decisions about my life that was going to change the trajectory of how things were. Control freaks, as you probably know, <laughs> don't like that. They, they don't like the feeling of not knowing and micromanaging and making sure that organizational structure that we felt as children can always tick those boxes so that everybody is safe. It doesn't yeah. feel safe. Yeah, but it was at all, Mm. at all, right? Mm. But it was the safest thing that I could do, which was I had to choose myself for them, for my family, for my legacy, for myself. I had to make that decision, or I was going to be that woman for the rest of my life. So, what did that actually look like for you? What was what of that of that decision? It was a metaphor, like. I made a promise. Mm-hmm. It looked that's what it looked like and I said to myself in that moment like I'm going to do whatever it takes to climb to the top of the mountain because I I had to get back to who I actually really was and I lost sight of it. I lost yeah. who I was, you know, in the mundaneness of trying to be everything to everybody else and the wife and the kids and I thought I had to choose I thought I had to be a mother and that was what it was expected of me and that I should put sacrifice my own decisions in life so that everybody else could be happy. I mean, a lot of well, women. Well, it's crazy, but that's actually the message <laughs> out in the world. It is. It's like mothers are self-sacrificing. That is the message. So it's no wonder that we have, we have to like intentionally take off the mask because that is what we were given. Mm. Yeah, it, it's so true. It is so true and it's so unconscious. These patterns yes. that we've been following are so unconscious. I just said to myself, I said to the woman inside of me, I'm going to climb to the top of that mountain. I'm going to do whatever it takes to meet her, the woman inside of me again, yeah. so that I can see her with the most panoramic view. Oh, And I made a commitment and, you know, this is, doesn't mean that this is every other woman's decision, but for me, like that meant that I needed to leave my marriage. I needed to leave that toxic environment. There were things that, you know, were not serving him or me. I needed to stop hiding. Not everybody has to make that decision in order to claim the woman inside of them. But for me, that was a really important part of coming home to myself 
And, you know, with four babies in tow, I stepped out of that environment. And at the same time, my career started sliding doors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a really difficult time in my life. It, it was scary. It was a really scary feeling to not know, to let go of the control, mm-hmm. um, to trust, um, you know, that I could move out of these patterns and that I, you know, could connect to something greater in myself and believe in myself that I would find the way forward by choosing myself. Everybody's afraid that they've got to leave their marriage if they start this journey it's not always the way you know sometimes it is like I see plenty of people leaving marriages and breaking up with marriages like but sort of doing it mutually as well and it wasn't and I'm sure I'm not sure in your case what the case was was but it doesn't have to be that like it can be anything like I I'm still married (laughs) to my husband went since I'm starting this journey I had been married before I call it stepping into myself really only began maybe five years ago and yeah yeah, there's definitely hard conversations and things but it doesn't you don't have to actually change a lot on the outside of you to change the inside of you or find the inside of you maybe that's the better language it doesn't I I love to say that anybody that comes to me and says I want to leave my husband I want to leave my job and I'm like okay great like you can do all that but first we've got to figure out the inside first Yes. And I, I make people stay places a lot of the time, <laughs> unless it's unsafe, of course. But yes. I'm like, okay, great. Like you think that the the thing that you need right now is to change the outside environment, but really it's about finding the 100%. inside. And I know you looking in the mirror that day, you knew that was your path forward, which is was. wonderful. Yeah. It was a decision, right? Like, yeah. and I love that you're saying, look on the inside, and that's where it all started. Mm. The journey of coming home to ourselves, yeah. you know, I, we support yourself and myself. So, you know, men and women, not, I don't just work predominantly with women, I also mm. do work with men. You know, it is a journey to come home unto ourselves, but it's also like, for me, it was to make a decision in that masked woman to stop trying to micromanage everyone and everything, but really myself, right? So it starts with us. I love that, that reminder, you know, and that I had to make that journey back by giving unto something greater because, you know, sometimes I didn't know like one step in front of me or five steps. I knew nothing about building a business as an entrepreneur. I dedicated my life to, you know, being a a mother as well as studying and always keeping my hands in, um, you know, education or my skills that I have because I've been doing this work for like 20 years now. Mm -hmm. But I had to give up that micromanaging aspect of myself, the control and form a relationship with my true nature. And so it's like moving out of, and I believe our true nature is intrinsic wisdom. And we all have, it's not just something, you know, that I have or you have to be able to support you. We all have this incredible resource inside of us. Mm -hmm. And so the journey for, for me and for all of a lot of people out there is coming back to that innate nature without our patternings, without our conditioning, you know, when we come home to we are our safest source of love, 
And without having a mask or without those patterns or without those control mechanisms or without trying to micromanage the world, others, or ourselves, we can open up to something greater. And I believe that it's a reverse osmosis. This was my journey myself, right? And I'm not sure if you can relate to this, but I had to come home to myself and then start serving my own self first to build a relationship, right? Where you're like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to friggin' surrender. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to surrender to myself, to something greater. And then what happens is this flow starts to come in. You know, when we take care of ourselves first and so many women and we're like, we never have five minutes, right? We, oh, I can't, I can't, you know, sit and have a cup of tea in the morning because I'm too busy or, and I used to make all these excuses as well and all these expectations of myself or I can't meditate or I can't do that exercise class or I can't see my friend because, you know, we've got all these too busy syndrome going down. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> But the truth is, it's really our own BS, right? It's calling ourselves on those things and we always have five minutes. And when we put ourselves first, when I learned to come home to myself and find that like secure love inside of myself and move out of those patterns of hypervigilance, move out of trying to control everything to feel safe. And I let go to my true nature and something greater emerged in me. And then that flow moved through me that's connected to all of the universe and and through you and it connects us, you know, together. But there's an infinite wisdom in that and that's what I think is this flow state that that we, you know, people refer to. And you know that energy where it just brings you to the right people at the right time in the right moment you're in the supermarket line you're running late someone lets you go before them and then you know you maybe you're all the dollar short with your change and they give you the dollar and you get out of there and you just make it to the car on time you know and someone lets you there's a green light and then someone lets you pull out in front of them before you're not then you're home on time and everything just flowed that morning Yes. Yeah. And then the opposite is true as well. You, you find those, those yeah. days where it's like red light, everything's red, you know, yeah. no, no nah, flow at all. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> the universe is like, you need to get back to your flow state. That's right. And, and we take down. five minutes, you know. You were talking about, you know, your micromanaging and I was thinking, what what was it about me that was stopping me? Because, you know, there's always something that there's like a block and mine mm. was for sure loving to blame everybody else for, for how <laughs> <Yes>. I felt. <laughs> and so yeah, the, um, the stepping into that and the surrendering into, ah, uh, I am the one that is controlling my own feelings. Like I'm doing that to myself. That's yes. real stepping into self-responsibility was the biggest wake-up call for me. Like I heard someone say, you get to choose your thoughts. You get to choose your feelings. And I was like, what? Hold, wait. (laughs) (laughs) What is this madness? You're like, I'm calling BS on this. Yes. (laughs) And then my curious nature I was like, I'm going to give this a bell. Like, let's let's try it. Let's see what happens. And I just started like pulling out and having that um, awareness as like a compassionate observer of my own thoughts and feelings, and then noticing, mm. oh, that is spot on. If mm. I think 
a certain way, I feel a certain way. And mm-hmm. all the, because I used to, I was like a big ball of frustration. So walking around in frustration and irritation all the time about everything, pointing mm-hmm. the finger at everybody like, mm-hmm. this, this is your problem. Like if you kids just got ready in time, I wouldn't be frustrated. <laughs> yeah. They all just cooked dinner and she did this and, and yep. all those things. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm creating that myself. And so as soon as I surrendered into that and self-acceptance that I am in charge of everything that goes on in me, oh, yep. my life changed. It's it's incredible. It's incredible how much when you release, expect other people to make you feel a certain way, how your life can change. Yeah, I love that. So that's what I help people with. <laughs> yes. like, you go. Yeah. You know, taking radical, like you say, responsibility for ourselves first, right, yeah. is that comes back to that, the saying, and I love it, that life is happening for us, not to us, mm-hmm. you know. So even in that moment of, you know, call it the dark night of the soul where, like, you know, had a choice, right, you're either going to stay in this life and you're going to keep doing this. And if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always got. Yeah. And let's face it, I was like miserably unhappy. But the sadder thing was that I was so far away from that woman inside of me who was born to do something in this world. And, you know, being able to take radical responsibility in that moment and make a powerful decision that, you know what, I'm going to do what it takes. Yeah. And I mean, the reality of that is like, I've done so many, probably like you and so many women out there, so many personal development courses. I've had so much counseling, you know, being able to really grow myself as a woman, programs and workshops and retreats. I've done all the things and, you know, I've studied over 10 different modalities. So that shapes you as well because, you know, modalities and trainings are like you have to take yourself through the journey first to learn it, right? The great thing about that is after 20 years, I just made a decision where I was just going to let go, you know. I was going to let go of all of this stuff and I eventually made a choice to make this uh, journey to my heart, yeah, that I could remain open in the world that I no longer needed to do these patterns of hypervigilance or a lot of people out there listening probably got other patterns, whether they're control or micromanaging or blame or, you know, yeah, exactly. Guilt patterns were all the things that we do. And to be able to go, no matter what my commitment moving forward is to stay connected to this part of myself, that from this place, it is like secure love. And in secure love, that doesn't matter what happens in life, right? From that place, I can remain open. Mm. And the hardest thing about that with working with so many people is that is a really scary feeling when you've grown up your life in those states and patterns of having to shut down, of having to numb out, of having to be stuck in your head, of having to get out of your body just to feel safe. But the message that I want to share, you know, with your audience today is that it's never too late to come home to your heart, Mm -hmm. to yourself. You can remain open in life. There is a power inside of you that will drive you towards passion and purpose-filled living. 
And although like, yeah, okay, it will feel a little bit scary at first. Like that was my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, this baby lamb trying to stand up in the world. It was a bit shaky and yeah, falling over. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I really do this? You know, like this is really friggin' scary. And I felt so vulnerable at first when I started to really come back to living openly without all of these patterns of control and perfectionism. Yet something beautiful really happened inside of me. And now I experience so much more joy and love and happiness. And I couldn't access those states living from behind that masked woman. I couldn't access that why I had all these expectations and all these conditions and all these rules and all these patterns that were driving me away from that. And the other thing that is so powerful that I want to share with your audience today, and I'd love to hear your feedback on this as well, because I know you and I work in a very similar industry with women in a similar way, is that we are not what has happened to us. And I think you're a living example of that and I'm a living example of that is that we can always evolve. And you see that, right, with what we're talking about today is consciousness from that patriarchal system of authoritarian parenting and then growing up with these programs to meet expectation, be the good girl, do the right thing, don't speak up, don't make too much noise, don't upset anybody because something really bad might happen to you, right? Mm -hmm. Which was usually some kind of punishment that you did not want to be a part of. And now you couldn't do that parenting with children in this day and age. And one part of it that's good is that we've moved out of authoritarian parenting because we see the effects that it created in ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so many people are trying to like, transcend those patterns yeah of being shut down of being numb of living in their head of feeling a deadness of being out of their bodies of feeling unsafe and I think our generation has done a lot of work in evolving consciousness and humanity has done that also right yes yeah that's right exactly it was going to happen with or without us I think (laughs) exactly and you know now we've got this whole different generation who like you cannot authoritarian parent these conscious beings because I know exactly they're just like they won't stand for it. They they are not going to be a part of it. It's not in their rule book. And so the great thing about that is I think that we've really evolved into more of a consciousness of empowerment. And that is a really positive thing. And I stand for that myself. Like I want people out there to be empowered. I want them to be living the best version of themselves. I want my daughters to be doing that. I want to be doing that. I want you to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like you and I are in the same sort of age bracket. We had to make a big change somewhere along the line. There was a bit of suffering for us to make changes. The, The beauty of us doing that can now teach others that it doesn't have to get to that stage to, and have so much suffering to make a change. It's like, let's just understand who we are from the beginning <laughs> rather than having to unlearn all the things all the time. Cause that's a, that's a process in itself, which hence the 20 years of you unlearning, learning how to be you, you know, has taken this whole time. So our kids are, have got a huge advantage because they're going to know themselves a lot better like right now, like the conversations I'm having with yes. my kids, I never had those <laughs> conversations with my parents ever. 
That's beautiful. And you're absolutely right. We are not our experiences of war or what has happened to us. And I just had an incredible conversation with my friend Donna Lee and she told us some backstory about her life and, you know, the adversity she's overcome. And you wouldn't know that from her. And so if that was true, her life would be so much different if that was true. But it's like, no, all this stuff has happened and she's this beacon of light. My friend said to me the other day, because I was having an insecure moment, like a lot of us women do. And, you know, I said to her, oh, I didn't want to tell my partner this, you know, a part of what had happened to me when I was younger. And I knew I had to lean into the conversation. And um, she goes, oh, so you're having a vulnerability hangover after? And I said, yeah, okay, I guess I was having a vulnerability (laughs) hangover because I shared this deep thing with him. And then I was like, Oh my God. I, you know, I just person I really love. And like, what is he going to think about me? All the things we think as women, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was feeling insecure. And she goes, You know what, babe? All the things that have ever happened to you is like really quite legendary. And I kind of had a giggle because <laughs> I loved her reflect frame on it. Um, and she was helping me, right, to see it in another way. And she was like, Yeah, you know. That's what legends are made of. Love it. That's what's made you such a great coach. And the reason that you can really be with people with no judgment and help them to transform their lives is because if you hadn't have had all of those experiences, it wouldn't have shaped you into the woman that you are today. I know that, you know, you and I had a great conversation the other day um, and, you know, you're like, do you want to do this interview? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) just for the sheer fun of having a conversation with you. Absolutely. that was really exciting, but also that we are real women. Yeah. That's Just like you, you yeah. know, everyone else out there, we're on a journey yeah. imperfectly moving forward that although it feels scary to be awake and alive and conscious mm-hmm. and in your body, like coming home to ourselves it is the only answer. Yeah. I truly, truly believe that. I want every person that crosses my path to feel empowered, but I also want them to feel more loved. I believe that we underestimate what holding space for people and just loving people Mm -hmm. can do just by bringing that energy around them and remaining open to that. Just it creates a powerful conduit for people to change, you know, and it starts with learning to do that for ourselves, like you and I, you know, the pilgrimage or the journey back to the woman inside uh-huh. of us, like who really yeah, is she? Up the mountain we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see her, you know. I'm going to do what it takes. Yeah. And then um, claiming her and then really going, okay, well, what what is she really here for? And that's super exciting for the people out there listening to your podcast, you know, to really ponder that, like, what are you here for? Because it's not just a magic that some people have, you know, when I say it's like life can start to become really magical and when you start to go, okay, well, I am the creator, like you're saying, okay, I have to take radical responsibility here and I'm going to direct my life from that place. I'm going to do what it takes. I'm going to change these things. I'm going to face myself and then I'm going to move forward in the world and then life can really start to be this incredible dance mm. where, yeah, you'll feel more for sure when you're open and alive and awake in your body, 
but you'll also have so much more gifts and life will become so much more beautiful. You know, I just had this beautiful vision when you were talking about looking yourself in the mirror and I just had this vision and coming back to yourself, it's flash of an image of standing in front of a mirror, but there's someone blocking you. So it might be your dad, then he steps aside and it's your mum and then he steps aside, she steps aside and it's your brother, your auntie, your uncle you know, all these people. And then all of a sudden the last person steps aside and you're just looking at yourself in the mirror going, there I am. Very raw. And you don't want to be, you don't want to see yourself at first because there's parts of us that we might not like and we have to own and that's okay. Like we can, we can figure that out along the way, what that looks like. Yeah. So I just had that really amazing image as you were talking. (laughs) It's those patterns. I love that you're bringing that up and and it seems so real and justified in like, you know, in our mind that it it is their fault. Like, you know, you said, (laughs) then there was my mother and then of course it was her fault. And then it was dad and, you know, then it was my brother and it was his fault because he did all these things. And we free ourselves and understand the patterns and the rules and the beliefs and the things that we put in place to keep ourselves safe, which by the way, never actually keep us safe. They actually usually stop us from all the things that we really Maybe in the moment, like the (laughs) very first time that you use that tactic, it kept us safe. But other than that, it doesn't work. (laughs) Like it seems really resourceful when you're a very small child. I mean, what else would you do when you just need to find a resource like myself to (laughs) shut down, abandon myself, go to people pleasing, Yes. Be quiet, be good, don't make any noise. I don't mean, make any noise. <laughs> exactly as you're told. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abandon yourself at all costs. And then we go back and we go, oh, hang on a minute. Like, that's just a, an excuse that I made to my little five year old self to make her keep herself safe. Now I'm not that five-year-old little girl and I'm going to release these patterns or these beliefs or these rules that I've mm-hmm. made about life and I'm going to like align with that wisdom inside of me and do what it takes to like be the creator of your own life. Yeah, and I love when you said now you have so much more joy and love and you get to feel them and it made me think I, for most of my life, I thought I had this really great power of perspective. Like, and I would open, openly say that all the time. Oh, I can see things. Like I have this greater vision and I do yet. I actually think it was me being outside my body because mm-hmm. I didn't experience a lot of joy because I wasn't in my body. I couldn't actually feel the things. I wasn't feeling all the negative things either. Cause I wasn't in my body but I also wasn't feeling all the great stuff. So me having that, what I always thought was perspective was like, ah, oh, that's actually me outside of my body, keeping myself safe out there. And so with all the stuff going on, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just going along. I'm just numb. And so it's only yeah. recently that I have noticed that. And, you know, the number one place for me to notice that is during sex. And mm. it's really, and I know we won't go into that conversation, but it's really evident that I wasn't body. Yeah. In my body. And I'm just, I've been having a lot of this, like, ah, there I go again. I'm going to bring myself down because I do now feel so much more emotion than I ever have. Mm. And And I'm exuding a lot more emotion than I ever had because in the past people would actually call me cold. Like I was cold. Mm. And it's like, no wonder there was no soul in this body. Yeah, we, we literally, you know, it's, it's a very real thing. And and we shut down all these 
like really deep intuitive senses like you know the heart there's so many neurons there's so much memories and information and feeling but it's also the remedy like the resource that you need to heal that right so if we shut that that center down in our body yeah Mm -hmm. we might feel numb like you said might feel safe to get out your body but we also can't access yeah the resource that brings us into feeling more pleasure or joy or passion like you were saying and it's like okay you know what can what do I need to change inside or shift my way of thinking or moving in the world to be able to access more aliveness and to enjoy intimacy more and to not get out of my body yeah. the great awareness that yeah having. it is it's been it's been a huge thing for me just these last it's been like only the last few months really that I've noticed it and yeah I, I have been in my body a lot more over the last few years it has been a taught thing like I have taught myself yes yes so it just happen no out <laughs> of me being in my critical mind and then it allows yes. me to into my intuition which yes. is the heart space that you talk about it's like ah oh, it's there it's like the love is drawing everything yeah back. and that's what we we need to heal ourselves right we think the love is out here and we go searching for it in people and experiences and places and often like myself in all the wrong places yeah like that was the biggest learning was you know, a lot of my learnings and, you know, growing into the woman that I am today came through adversity. It wasn't through then, you know, life wrapped up in a box of chocolates and it's all sweet. Like it was probably a lot, nothing like that. But I loved it how like you share about, you know, really coming in to the body. And it took me so many years to train myself not to be trapped into my mind, yeah. you know, where you think yourself round and round in circles until you come back to the same place and then you start thinking all the same crap all over again. Yeah. And that inner critic is just like having a party, talking to you flat out, and then it just goes on and on and on and it's exhausting, it exhausting. you know, until we decide I'm going to make a different decision and I'm going to like journey back to myself and I'm going to do what it takes. And I understand like deeply that that's not always easy and it takes time and it takes patience and it takes a commitment, but All those it's yeah. so worth it, right? It is, it is worth it. Sometimes I question it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, geez, doing this to myself, especially when you're in, the, in your body feeling negative emotion. It's like, oh, God, that's right. I chose this. I'm choosing this and it's okay. And, and sometimes I think, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Why am I choosing this? No. Well, the faint-hearted, right? It is, it is not, no. <laughs> being alive and awake and conscious to mm-hmm. what you're experiencing, like it can feel really scary, right? Because you're not just numbing out or checking out or getting out of the body or all the things that we do. You know, it is really a conscious decision to show up for ourselves every single day, which I say, you know, just serving the temple. Like connecting to myself first, being there for myself, really checking in what am I feeling and what am I needing? And then I go out and do the, you know, gracious juggle of the 10 billion things that all of us women and men are trying to achieve every freaking day. Like in society. Mm -hmm. I just reached this epiphany that the only choice is to remain open. Yeah, there you go. 
You heard it, people. That's that's the line of the the podcast is the only choice is to remain open. I actually might call it that <laughs> this <laughs> episode. And we can make we can turn it into a statement. I love giving people like sentences to practice and so it actually brings them back to their body mm-hmm. because I want them to be use their critical mind to actually tap into their be embodied within their body and sentences that you create and practice you can do that yeah that might be the sentence that I'll share with everybody Mm. yeah that'd be powerful you know and to notice like when we've gone to that we're out or we're in our head you know that there's that saying if you're in your head you're dead and our head has a very logical function and is very powerful our brain is incredible at what it does for us every day that we're not even thinking about consciously so you know it has a very specific role that we can't discern is incredible but it is not the only center it is not um the the deep intuitive centers are in our body they're in our heart they're in our gut instinct and this is scientifically proven you know gone your viewers can go and look at some of the heart math institute and start to understand you know how do these centers operate in our body and then you know even your womb you know so much your your cervix has neurons in it it was so intelligent just like your heart and it stores information and memories and so incredible you know when we access this we have more resources and so perhaps that shutting down is an ineffective strategy Mm-hmm. that doesn't work it's unresourceful and so then we can create more resourceful strategies and for years I used to put my hands on my body and literally train my nervous system I'd be in the supermarket or something and, you know no one knows what you're doing because yeah. they probably just think you got indigestion or something you know no one's and I, the really everyone's so self-absorbed no. okay they're, they're on the busy train probably and I used to just put my hand on my body and just talk to myself. It's okay. It's okay. You're safe. I'm here with you. And I had to train for many years myself to stay in my body. And then eventually in my mind, it let go. Yeah. And I still hear it doing the inner critics sometimes, but I'm, I don't become it as much anymore. And I don't know if you notice that as well, but it's given me a freedom and a peace so yeah. much peace. Yes, I totally agree. I I do the same thing. I I get like um like heart flutter or whatever, and I I can recognize that now really quickly, and I can just put my hand on my heart or wherever I need to put it, and be like, it's okay, it's okay, and sort of like catch it before it goes out of control. Because if I don't do that in that moment, then the next thing piles on, and it's like that stacks on, and it stacks on, and stacks on, and all of a sudden mm. you feel suffocated. And overwhelmed. I can get really yeah. like a panic, especially if I'm about to do any sort of public speaking or in a room with people. I can, yes. That's when it really intensifies for me. But if I catch it early and I'm like, oh, there it is, it's okay. And it's like, oh, I was expecting you to show up. Yeah. Be really kind to myself. And I do the same sort I of thing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And then you can remain open. Openness is the only way forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. So, oh, what a great conversation. I just want to talk to you forever. But I'm going to ask you a few questions just to end off okay. this. this is, these are just like little quick Let's parts. do it. <laughs> this journey for you started, say, 20 years ago. I think I was awake, to be honest. So my senses were open. I was connected. 
I was very intuitive as a child. I had a lot of sensory experiences. I would see, hear, sense and feel. And that was overwhelming to me as a child, Mm -hmm. which can make sense about the, you know, hypervigilance thing accelerated. A lot of people who have a lot of perceptionary, sensitive, intuitive abilities, they quite often can develop that not knowing how to navigate those aspects. And their parent, my parents didn't know. They didn't know. We're given this really sensitive child because in the future, she's going to need that skill because she's going to be able to read people and be able to listen to them on a body, mind and soul level. And it's just going to be a powerhouse tool for her. I like my parents didn't know that about me. Um, But it's also being something to navigate in the world, navigating my sensitivity and remaining open, meaning there's a lot of feeling there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, not just feeling emotions, other people's emotions, the feel of the room, hot, cold. There's a lot going on consistently. And so the only remedy for that for me was to learn meditation. And I started meditating when I was a child intuitively. And also I watched in all fairness, a country practice, you know, where Shirley was sitting under that pyramid. It was the 80s, everyone. And she was meditating, you know, in her lycra. I was like fascinated by her. I was like, what is this woman doing? I was thinking I was about 10 years old. So I went straight to my bedroom that night and I was like, I'm going to try this, you know, this thing called meditation. I didn't have the lycra or the pyramid, but I just sat in bed and I closed my eyes and started breathing and this peace washed over me and yeah I started meditating when I was 10 years old so I was always had that connection right Mm -hmm. and it was like my purpose was always leading me to my purpose yeah and then I guess a huge crossroad what you're saying is when I was in my early 30s that I arrived in that place and that really was a catalyst for getting on my path with my purpose Mm-hmm. to, you know, how am I going to get out there in the world and bring this light inside of me out? And I just knew I was born to help people. I just knew there was something I was meant to be doing, but I couldn't flame in for the life of me, put yeah. my finger on it. I just was like, what is this thing? And it eluded me and it used to drive me crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> Like when I was mothering. And I remember one day I was in the bathroom covered in breast milk Two babies who are 16 months apart, both in nappies, one breastfed, one bottle fed, two at schools, doing the like maniac gracious juggle of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I was scrubbing the toilet. And I remembered like, so by the time I dealt with, you know, the cats, um, business, um, the babies, changed the babies' nappies, dealt with my own. And there I was scrubbing the toilet. I started to cry and I was like, <laughs> Is this what my life is amounted to? This is it. <laughs> is it am I going to spend my life being a glorified janitor? And yeah, yeah. Surely there must be something more. And I was craving it and I wanted it to come alive. And so part of it was the mothering aspect, mm-hmm. but there was another piece for me that came in and that came in. The catalyst for that was the breakdown of my marriage and once again, it's not everybody's journey, nor do people need to leave their marriages in order to have that realization. But for me, it was a necessary step and it was a huge awakening to come home and it changed my life forever. Amazing. So what did you, what did you need? What, if you could go back and give yourself a gift in that moment, what would you want? 
if I could go back and give myself the gift, it would be to know, to be more gracious with her, that woman inside of me, because she was like doing so much to be brave. Like she's really brave. And the choices that she made and every choice that she's made since then, you know, to have four daughters and pretty much leap out into the future, not knowing how to do business and just do, I'm just going to do what it takes, you know, to be the provider, to be the nurturer, to, you know, find myself to take care of these babies that need me and to trust that everything's going to be okay. Just to really honor her for how brave she, she really is. This would make made the journey that little softer, <laughs> you know, like because we are generally hard on ourselves. I was hard on her. I was really hard on her and I judged her and I, you know, questioned her decisions and I didn't know her potential then. I didn't believe in her ability. Like she's a miracle maker. She really just paves her own path mm-hmm. and she stays so true to that, like a, a real warrior, feminine warrior heart. And I just love that. I love that about her. I love that about myself. Like she just never gives up. <laughs> so, so it's almost like you wanted to <laughs> instill the belief in her that you have now about who you are. It's like, I'm just going to share that with her now. <laughs> I wish yeah, I wish I could have said, shown her that, you know, this is where you're going to be on this amazing podcast, yeah. talking to amazing people. Yeah. You know, and sharing your mess, your that your mess is going to be your message, and those of women out there, or you know, maybe men might even listen to your podcast. Yeah. That you know, you don't ever regret the experiences that have shaped you, Diamond. Oh, so good. So I've got another question. I'm an avid reader. I'm not sure if you are, <laughs> but and I would love to share. Have you got a book that changed your life that you can go? Yep, I love this book, and I'd love to share it with others. Yeah, I do. I don't know how appropriate it is to say online, but we will share it anyway. Yeah. My favorite book that really changed my life was the book Pussy. It wasn't a word I could even say before I listened to the book, to be honest, and it wasn't in my vocabulary. And I, um, I certainly read together. <laughs> pussy. Yeah. Pussy. And I really like wasn't claiming that you know, power inside of myself, but I loved it. I thought it was such a powerful message, um, staying connected to that innate intrinsic wisdom that we are, the power that we have inside of ourselves, femininity, understanding like the mystical, you know, evolution of women through like different centuries and evolution. I I loved that. I loved her life's work. Like I was so just in awe of her and what she'd created with her body of work and the amount of women she'd impacted and inspired. And it really brought an aliveness, you know, of de-shaming our femininity and sexuality and sensuality and being able to really claim that because I don't know why, but for me there was always like some kind of shame around that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to not ever be seen in that, you know. And when I read that book, it was like it just brought it back. To, something came back to me. Oh, and yeah. Okay. I've got to read it. I haven't read it yet. I will read it for sure. I will link it in the show notes for other people to get their hands on it as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Read this book. And also, it's on Audible. So, you know, if you're not an avid reader and mm. you, you like me, you want to hang out the washing, wise, multitasking. Yeah. 
yeah. go the audible it's um yeah it just makes it easy yeah, but you may not options <laughs> listen to it while your kids are around Don't yeah. <laughs> it's not one of those books you cannot have it on <laughs> it's <Funny>. a loudspeaker <laughs> because i love to leave like great sentences for people to practice so what is a belief that you have that keeps you on your path the safest decision and the only decision is to remain open. Comes right back to that one. Perfect. I love that. So, you know, put on a post-it note, practice it. Like I love to say, like practice new thoughts. If you want a different result, you have to practice new thoughts first and body them. That's my lesson to everybody. And so, yeah, say that again for me one more time. The safest decision and the only decision is to remain open. Beautiful. Well, I think that's what we've done in this podcast episode. Yeah, be in your heart. Just show the world who you are, that you are enough and the message, your message and, you know, and just be you. Just go out there and be yourself unapologetically because that's what the world needs. Like we need our light. I give a little bit of it to you and then, you know, you go and pass that to the next woman and the next person and they go and give it to someone else and that's how we're going to see the light here on earth. Oh, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. And I will put everything in the show notes and on my Facebook page with links to so you can go see for yourself what Katie's all about. And if you want to connect, Amazing. Them, all the all the details will be there. You offer workshops, trainings, trans- transformational retreats. You do one-on-one transformational coaching programs, healings, and breathwork sessions in person or online. So you don't need to be in WA to connect with mm-hmm. Katie. Anywhere yeah. in the world. And for your viewers, anyone listening to this podcast, I am a powerful believer in serving our temple and meditation during those hard times through my divorce, through the not knowing, through the uncertainty, through the coming home to my heart. I just meditated. I learned to meditate at a young age. I became a meditation teacher and I've developed a four-week online program to make a meditation practice and daily ritual or weekly ritual easy for us women doing the gracious struggle and men. And it's a so simple, downloadable workbook, you know, four audios of the lessons and then four uh, live streamed meditations that I've created myself for you um, to journey and practice so that you can have more clarity and peace in your life, be connected to your innocent temple, your wisdom. And for the viewers out there, if you uh, go on to my website, um, www.ignitinghearts.com, and you scroll down or in the link wherever you pop the links for your viewers, um, you'll see the meditation program. It's called um, the Freedom Meditation Program or Project mm-hmm. um, because we want to bring more peace to the world. And if you pop in the code FREEDOM, Mm-hmm. you will receive a $200 discount for the program. So it ends up being $97 for your viewers and oh. very accessible. Oh, and that's a beautiful gift. Thank you. My gift to you. Beautiful. Everybody jump onto that. I, I love my meditation practice. And if you're looking for one, possibly Katie's, you know, is the one for you to have a go, like learn how to meditate and bring the more joy and peace into your life yeah and even if you are having meditating for ages just a really great program to get back into that daily practice and that ritual of meditating and um 
I'm yep. very passionate about oh, meditation. Oh, me too. I love it. <laughs> Don't miss a day. Don't miss a day. Yeah. Radio, we better wrap it up. Otherwise, yep. we'll talk forever. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to More Life, Less Drama. All the details of this podcast can be found in the show notes on my website. And if you want to take your growth to the next level, I invite you to become part of my membership program, Be Unshakable, where we take this information and dive headfirst into putting it into action. Go to www.head-coach.com.au for all the details. Until next week.